0: Hello, good people. Welcome to our show. Bad people. Welcome
1: to our show. Anyone who want to learn more about podcasting, welcome, because today we are going to cover a lot more about podcasting, how you can grow your business, how you can get a loyal audience, and many other things that you can do with podcasts. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Dave Jackson. How are you?
0: Oh. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, big pleasure. Big pleasure. I know about your experience, about podcast. I see this red book you know, on your background. So <laughs> tell more about this book because I love reading books. I told you before the podcast, I spent so much time by reading books and anything that can help our listeners to learn more about you.
0: Yeah, I actually got this. I got a, a book deal because of my podcast. The Skyhorse Publishing contacted me a couple of years ago and said, hey, would you be interested in writing a book on you know, using your podcast to create revenue. And I was like, sure. So that it ended up being profit from your podcast, proven strategies to turn listeners into a livelihood that's available at uh, profit from your podcast.com. And it goes over everything from the, the most uh, profitable way. Everybody likes to fall into ads. I'll start a podcast and I'll get ads and there's, there's nothing wrong with that, but by far the best way to monetize your podcast is by promoting your own products and services. Uh, because when you publish on a regular schedule, you're seen as reliable. Uh, I haven't missed a Monday in 18 years. So every Monday, you know, you can you can find me there. Uh, so there's that. And then anytime you can make a point by telling a personal story. So an example, uh, when Muhammad Ali was a famous boxer when I was growing up and kind of one of my heroes, he was so much more than a boxer, and I was really bummed when he died. And so... I do a podcast about podcasting, but I wanted to talk about Muhammad Ali. So what I did was I was like, here are eight things podcasters can learn from Muhammad Ali. And like, he was number one, super talented, totally original, always promoting, et cetera, et cetera. And what that did is my audience then emailed me and they're like, hey, he was my champ too. And now I've got a conversation going with people. So anytime you can make a point by sharing a little bit about your life, as opposed to the people that... To start off a podcast and start talking about their cat. Nobody cares about your cat, but if you can work a story in to make a point, then they get to know you. So now they think you're reliable. They get to know you. And if your content's good, and if it wasn't good, they wouldn't be listening. Well, now they, they like you because you always help me with that information. And so now it's the whole no like, and trust. So when you say, I've got a new book, I've got uh, a course, or I do coaching or whatever it is you know you've set it up really nice so that you you don't really have it's not the end of cold calling but those people are much more warm in terms of buying products from you than you know if you're just starting out from scratch so there is yeah. uh, so that's that's the the most profitable way
1: nice yeah at least if you're cut is, uh, unique. You know, if you have unique cat, you can talk about your cat <laughs> because <laughs> people want to get something new and unique, but if you, your cat is common cat, yeah, <laughs> it's better to yeah. keep it. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned about Muhammad Ali. Um, I respect this guy so much. And, uh, I remember when he always called himself the best, the best yeah. ever, the best,
0: the greatest, and, uh, I'm the greatest of all time, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I learned a lot about that. Uh, It's like psychological stuff when you set up directly to your mind that you are the best. When you believe in that, you can get great results that Muhammad Ali did. Can you tell uh, how it's important to tell about you, you know, to tell that your podcast is great, you know, that you uh, are better than many other podcasts? Because, you know, uh, I think that uh, many podcasters... uh, just stop. They can't uh, tell that they are the best grade. So can you tell when they can, you know, and uh, according to Muhammad Ali?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's um, I did a study on this. There's a they call it a syndrome, but it's imposter syndrome. And it's when people feel like eh, nobody would listen to me. It actually stops a lot of people from starting a podcast because they just feel like, well, who am I to get behind a microphone and nobody would listen to me? And that is something that 70% of people have, whether Garth Brooks was the one that got me. Garth Brooks was playing New York City. There's this giant Central Park that's like football fields, you know, upon football fields. It's miles of, of empty space and they have concerts there. And he had just gotten an award for being like the greatest selling musical artist of such and such and such. So they gave him like the you know key to the city and all these accolades. Meanwhile, he gets done. he goes back to his hotel room, and he he pulls all the drapes closed, and he's convinced nobody's going to show up because he's a country guy in New York City. And it turns out his, his wife finally said, I got to go see what's going on. And so they go out there, and one of his sound guys said, hey, uh, here's a slip of paper. This is how many people are were out there 90 minutes ago. And he looks at me and he goes, well, you're, you're telling me there are 850,000 people out there? And he goes, no, Garth. There were 850,000 people 90 minutes ago. So we, we all kind of have that imposter syndrome. And the other thing I run into, especially about monetization is people don't, and I'm guilty of this. I've had people like, wait, you have a book. I we're especially because my background's in education. So I always say educators we're just not wired the same as marketers. We're kind of out to to serve our audience, which is great, but we need to remember to promote ourselves. And I had a friend of mine once that uh, she does public speaking, and I've known her for, at the time, a few months, and she started a podcast. And I said, hey, how's the podcast going? And she said, I'm not getting any speaking gigs. And I go, wait, hold on, time out. I go, I've known you for a little while. I've listened to every episode. I've never heard you mention it. And she said, well, I don't want to sound salesy. And I hear that a lot. And that's where a lot of people kind of get the the mindset of uh, maybe an old 1970s used car salesman that's just trying to get you to buy this bucket of bolts. And I, I said, so is your podcast a bucket of bolts? And she's like, no. I spent hours on this thing. It's going to help people do this. And I go, well, then you're not selling your your product. You're you're helping people. This is a tool to to help them. And I said, and is in terms of uh, doing a pitch, it could be as simple as starting off your podcast is saying. I was speaking at a high school this week to some high school students, and this one boy came up to me and asked me this question. And I thought, boy, that would be a great topic for a podcast. I go, there you go. Now your audience knows you speak to high school kids, uh, you know. And I said, it, it doesn't have to be this giant, you know, this Sunday, Sunday, Sunday kind yeah. of, you know, sales pitch. So, uh, but it's it's hard. We're we're all kind of. Uh, depending on on how you were raised I guess to be kind of humble and things like that so uh, but you have to you have to tell people about your podcast.
1: yeah, nice. Um, once I spoke with Jim Edwards on my podcast, he mm-hmm. wrote a book um, say Thank you for everything and he worked in business Insider 10 years. he started on this company from scratch then yeah. company was sold for 500 million dollars. Great success, and he told me that success of Business Insider depends on creating non-boring content. So they decided to create non-boring content. If you are talking about business, it's boring, but. Business Insider found the way how to do it. And uh, what I usually see, many podcasts are great for sleeping. You know, when you have have problem with sleep, you can (laughs) take a new uh, business podcast, listen for a while, and sleep well all night. So uh, can you tell how to stand out from the rest
0: and create non-boring content in podcast niche? Yeah, I'm very familiar with Jim Edwards. I used to read his newsletter many, many, many decades ago, and I did a, a kind of a study of one. I, I looked at myself and every for a week, every time I watched something, every time I listened to something or read something, I wrote it down and then I wrote down, why did I just listen to this? Why did I just read this? Whatever it was. And at the end of the week, it boiled down to a few things. I consumed content that made me laugh, cry, think, groan. Yeah, I, I listened to I watch. Sometimes I watch shows because I hate them just to make sure I still hate them. So laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain. And I found that the ones that I really liked were ones where there were multiples of those. So I'll give you an example. There's a show on, uh, I guess it's Max now, HBO. John Oliver does a show called Last Week Tonight. And on it, he talks about things that are going on in society that in some cases are very serious, but he makes a lot of jokes about just how stupid people are being, and why this hasn't been solved yet. So it's it's funny, it's educational, and it's entertaining. So anytime, even South Park, if you think about the cartoon it's been on forever, South Park, and it's always way over the top and they, you know, kind of dark humor, but at the end they always have that kind of, I call it the Jerry Springer. This was a talk show host that would have these outrageous shows. And at the end he'd sit down and look at the camera and go, what did we learn today? And South Park kind of does that. It makes you laugh. But at the end, it's like, hmm, I never thought of it that way. So when you can do that, that's when, because if you're not making me laugh, cry, think, groan, educate, or entertain, you're boring. And so, yeah. you know, things like I hear people when, uh, if they have a guest on their show, they'll read the LinkedIn bio. And it's like, you know, he was, uh, she came, she went to this school, blah, blah, blah. She's the head of something, And I'm like, wait. Why are you excited this person is here? Like, I, I, can, I can go read the bio, but why did you choose to have this person come on? Because now it's a little more personal. Wait till you hear what this person did or whatever it is. I can't wait to talk to him ab- about that. And also, keep in mind, you don't have to record the intro. You might do one because the guest is sitting here. But later in the interview, they drop this knowledge bomb. And you're like, holy cow. Well, re-record your intro. It's, it's podcasting. It's not radio. You can edit this later in the audio and say, wait till you hear what so-and-so did. You'll be amazed. They started with $34 and ended up with 34 million. Now I've got a nice tease, things like that. Well, you didn't know that when you introduced the person because you hadn't talked to them yet. So there are ways. One of the greatest things about podcasting is while we're live streaming now, you can edit this later and put out the audio or the video if you want. And what's the difference between a podcast and a conversation? A podcast is a conversation where all the boring parts are removed. So find the boring parts and remove them.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Valuable, valuable. I need to check out my podcast. (laughs) Okay. Dave, uh, I want to ask about, uh, patience. You know, it's interesting that I check out a few studies that many companies give up because they can't get results in podcasting. I think it's related to any other content. People uh, don't film the second video for YouTube channels, uh, Uh, They don't write the second article, uh, uh, many different formats because they can't get success with the first one. I I have no idea how to do it, you know. It it takes time, you know, to be patient, to learn, to improve. uh, So tell about patience. How to uh, go ahead with this format, don't burn out, uh, and many things. uh, Yeah, uh, because I think it takes time to get uh, the first meaningful result.
0: Yeah, the the thing I always tell people is authors. When I wrote this book, it went through probably six different edits. And I remember after the second one, I was like, "Whew, we're done!" And then it came back again. They're like, "We got some more edits for you to approve." Uh-huh. So authors have you know um, rough drafts. Uh, athletes have preseason. Uh, musicians have some sort of practice in the basement, or if it's a big act, they'll they'll practice in a a warehouse to test all the lights and things like that. So all these different people in entertainment, they don't do the first thing, you know, it's like the the first time you learn to play a C chord on a guitar, you don't go out to the street and go, look, I can play C, give me money. It doesn't work that way. So I, I understand. I just spent about somewhere between 10 and 15 hours making a video for the school of podcasting. And after the first seven, I was ready to just like get this thing out here. I'm tired of working, so I totally get the mindset that I just want it out there. But the the longer goal is I want this video. In this case, it was a sales video to inspire people to sign up at the School of Podcasting, and that's where you you kind of have to know your why. Why am I starting this podcast? And uh, Ron Howard is a famous director. He's an actor. He's won all sorts of awards for his movies, and he always sits in a movie and with an audience before he releases it to the public, because he knows when they're supposed to laugh and when they're supposed to cry. And if they're not, it's back to the editing. This isn't doing what I want it to do. And so I was amazed. I I hired a business kind of coach and had them look at my website and they were like, this is actually pretty good. But over here, like for me, I was listing like, um, online courses. And they're like, okay, that's a feature. What's the benefit? Oh, you can you can learn from anywhere and you can learn on your phone and things like that. Or, or uh, group coaching. Okay, well, what's the benefit? Uh, it's networking opportunities. So you can always learn from somebody else. And the problem is we ask our friends and our family. And a lot of times mom is going to tell you it was phenomenal because it's your mom. That's what her job is to do. <laughs> but you need somebody to say, Hey, you know, that this could be a little polished. So I have a newsletter and before the, the video went live, I went to the newsletter and said, Hey, you know, this is, this is the goal of this. I want this to inspire people to sign up. Feel free to talk about this. Like I'm not in the room. I'm a big boy and I'm just here to listen to any feedback. And they gave me a ton and a lot of it was really, really good. So for me, when you get that first episode done, before you go spending money on Facebook ads and all this other things to promote it, get some feedback and find out, you know, is this going to work? And the, the questions are hard. It's okay. Here's, here's the episode I want you to listen to. Did you listen to the whole thing? If not, when did you stop? And and why did you stop? And on a scale from one to 10, where 10 is, I'm going to tell everyone, how likely are you to share this with a friend? And I had, uh Jack Reiser from uh, the Darknet Diaries. This guy gets 300,000 downloads, and that was years ago, downloads per episode. It's an amazing show. And that's where I got those questions. And he he did that to his kind of focus group. And he said if he got like a seven or an eight, he wasn't happy. He was looking for nines or tens. And that's really it because 70% of podcast growth is based on word of mouth. Uh, that's from Jacobs Media. So – If your audience isn't inspired to tell a friend, then you need to go back and work on it a little bit. Yeah, I think if the best
1: marketing channel, word of mouth, doesn't work, other channels can't help your podcast. (laughs)
0: Uh, Yeah, Yeah. because people, yeah, go ahead. Well, Well, one of the worst movie flops in the 1990s, it starred Johnny Depp. There was a version of The Lone Ranger, and it was put out by Disney. And I mean, they had the Happy Meals, they had the posters, they had the action figures, they had this thing all set to go. Johnny Depp was super hot from all the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. And this came out and the movie was just horrible. It was really, really bad. And Disney thought, oh, this didn't do very well at the box office. We just need to spend more marketing money to get the word out that this movie is out. And they did it again and again. And they ended up, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars. And it just tanked because... I saw that movie. I didn't tell anybody to go see it. So no amount of marketing money or you know efforts is going to overcome just boring. It, you can't yeah. be boring. Yeah, uh,
1: I want to ask about equipment. Uh, you have microphone. I have microphone. Uh, and uh, but uh, I often listen to the podcast with Gary Vee. Uh, uh, Gary Vee ex- audio experience, and uh, he. Uh, uses some sounds from uh, conferences, uh, from the street, different places. And uh, he doesn't care a lot about uh, the sound, about the voice. But I love it. You know, it's, in, it's interesting to listen. You know, can you tell uh, when podcasters can do the same? I mean, like uh, to uh, submit audio. With great value, uh, inspiration, but uh, low quality because they have no time. They need to repurpose content from different formats, uh, probably from conferences. So can you tell, uh, because, you know, most podcasters recommend you need to think more about quality to have this microphone. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's it's not always there. You can go too far with that. If your podcast sounds okay and you like, you know what, I'm going to spend $400 on a microphone it's not going to make the content any better unless your audience is complaining that the audio is bad. Upgrading a microphone isn't going to help, but what you got to stop doing is a recording a podcast on a phone where you put uh, it on speaker and you put it out here. It makes it sound like you're in a fishbowl or a empty swimming pool or take your pick. Uh, And then likewise, uh, a lot of people like to blame their guests. Like, well, I did a show, but you know, the, the guest used, their built-in laptop microphone which sounds hideous and i go and you let that audio on your show and they're like what do you mean i go it's your show tell that person do you have a microphone besides the one in your laptop and if they say no say well my goal is to make you sound amazing and i can't do that with a built-in lap you know laptop microphone can we reschedule this and i can send you a link to a couple really inexpensive microphones i mean this microphone right here is the Audio-Technica ATR2100. I also love the Samsung Q2U. These are less than $100. Bucks. Uh, the mm-hmm. microphone I'm using right now, because I'm testing it, is the Rode PodMic USB. It's $200. i have got a Shure SM7B behind me. It's 400 There's not a lot of difference. There really isn't, because yeah. in the end, with post-production, I can tweak the EQ and things like that. Now, you mentioned uh, going to events, if you have a lot of background noise, as long as you can hear the person talking without really having to strain to hear them, I just say, call attention to the elephant in the room. I've done this before. I remember once I had a one-time shot to get an interview with somebody who's kind of, his name's da, um, Don, uh, not Don, Dan, uh, Dan Miller, 48 days to the work you love. And I've been wanting to interview him about how, uh, he was able to get a song to play in his his podcast. And I said, hey, can I ask you a quick question and record this for the podcast? And he said, sure. I powered up my phone and I hit voice memo. And I just said, hey, I'm here in the hallway at Podcast Movement with Dan Miller from 48 Days to the Work You Love. And I want to ask you, how did you, how were you able to get Bachman Turner overdrive in your show? And I just turned the mic around and stuck it right in his face. And at the end, he answered it. And I was amazed at how well it was because A, the microphone was about, you know, three finger widths from everybody's mouth. And it was kind of awkward and weird, but he knew he was a podcaster, he knew what's going on. And I, I started off that clip with, I'm in the hallway at Podcast Movement. So people know, why is there all this murmuring going on in the background? So if you're in a situation like that and you're doing, you talked about man on the street interviews, You could just say, hey, in this next segment, we went out to the street to ask people what's their favorite podcast and here's what they said. Well, you just announced we're doing this on the street. So that way it uh, people aren't going, wait, what's going on with this audio? But it's when somebody is uh, there are a couple of things that make people tune out. If your audio and your guest audio, if you're doing an interview is way different to where they have to turn it up. Let's say your guest is a little too low, so they turn it up. And now I can hear the guests, but then you come on and now you're blasting my face off. So I got to turn it back down. That'll make people tune out instantly. Or if they just sound bad, or if they've uh, I interviewed somebody once where they were, they had an air conditioning on in the background, they were in a kind of an RV and it was pretty loud. So what I did was I said, let's record a minute of just the noise. And then I try to use technology to remove that noise. And in theory it did, but it also made the audio so shrill that it was hard to kind of hear. And I, I tried all sorts of stuff to get that, to make it listenable. And there are just times when you have to be able to go, yeah, we need to reschedule. This isn't going to work. Because in the end, if your guest sounds bad, you can say, well, yeah, it was their microphone. Yeah, but it's your brand and you're in control.
1: Yeah. Nice, nice. volleyball, volleyball. Dave. I wanna ask about uh, adding call to action to the podcast. Uh, I spoke with one uh, guest, and uh, he uh, and he always speaks on many podcasts. And he told me that uh, the podcast brings—it's uh, like the second channel of all his sales. So it works well for him. So he just. Uh, uh come comes to, to many shows and yeah uh shares value uh gets clients a lot of sales uh, and right now revenue is more than a million dollar per month yeah good results and i want to ask you about how to submit this call to action because most listeners are coming for value they want to get valuable content uh probably inspiration many things or entertainment but we need to submit call to action how to do it right
0: Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, nobody, always say nobody tunes into an infomercial on purpose. So, yes, you want to promote your products and services, but you don't just want it to be all about, you know, me. Look at my stuff. Look at what I can. Nobody wants to hear that. So one of the things I always say is don't say all I have links on the website without saying your website because we just want to get, you know, I mentioned the book earlier. So if I say, you know, it's out on my website, ProfitFromYourPodcast.com. it's that's not really giant pitchy you're just letting them know where it is because they're going to need to hear that a couple times for that to to stick in their head and the other thing when it comes to a call to action if you watch your youtube stats if you watch your listen stats in apple podcast the minute you hint that this show is over that this episode is done they're gone they're on to the next show so i have a call to action at the end but i started purposely putting one in the middle and i'll do some sort of tease i'll be like hey, today we're talking about this microphone, the the Rode Pod mic. I'll explain how I shot myself in the foot and I had to go read the directions to make it work right. So something for people like, wait, he shot himself in the foot. I want to hear this right after this. And then I play a 60 second commercial for the School of Podcasting. Then I come back and I do it again. So the reason I want something in the middle is at the beginning, if you try to sell somebody and I do like a quick five second call to action. Again, just say my website And that's it. But why am I trying to sell you? I may be talking to somebody for the very first time. And they're like, who is this guy? And why is he trying to tell me to go buy stuff? So I'll do a, you know, just a mention of the website. But in the middle, if they're still listening, the the phone's in the pocket. They're on the the drive, they're on the train, whatever it is. And they're less likely to grab it and fast forward. So there's a better chance of them listening to it. But you also want to have it easy to remember. So this is where when I hear people say they'll use like a bit.ly link, it'll be like, Oh, go to bit.ly XKM 4796. That's bit.ly. And I'm like, no, come on, get a website or they'll use their media host website. So it's, you know, um, Dave slash. And it's like, no, just so for me, school slash contact. If you want to follow the show on whatever app you're at, schoolofpodcasting.com slash follow. So make these easy to remember addresses so they stick in people's heads. But you, you do have to do a call to action. You, you can't yeah. just mention it once in one episode and you, you got to remind people. Yeah. Guys, if you don't remember this link, uh, open podcast
1: episode description. You can find this link. And Dave, I want to ask about one topic that it's hard to ignore today. That was easy. Uh, Impossible Tomorrow uh, about AI and I spoke with Jeff Coyle co-founder of Market Muse and he told me that in the future we'll have three companies the first company will develop AI the second company will implement AI and the third company will be obsolete who can leave the trade to the companies that have AI so can you tell how content creators can implement
0: or probably develop AI in podcasting niche Well, there's, I mean, if you take five steps, you'll trip over five different tools. There's all sorts of uh, AI tools that you can upload your episode. It'll transcribe it. It'll come up with show titles. It'll summarize it. It'll write a newsletter. I mean, there's Capshow. There is uh, Swell.ai. There's uh, Cast Magic. I mean, I could go on. There's like nine of these things that will do that. And I have found that AI will get you about 80% of the way there at this point now realize AI is as bad as it's ever going to get right now. It's only going to get better. And so, you know, there are tons of tools like that. I, for my sales letter, I know the, from my marketing background, you know, there's the, you, you have a problem, you agitate the problem, you introduce the solution, you know, that's your typical, again, um, infomercial, right. It's, here's the problem. Here's the solution, that kind of thing. But I still went to chat GPT and I said, what are the sequences of a good sales video? And it spit it out. And I'm like, great, here are the five features of the school of podcasting. Great. Now write a video script using those two things. And it did. I'm going to say I used maybe 4% of that because it didn't write it in my voice. It was close. You know, it gave me the idea. I was like, okay, I see where I want to go now. And I think that's where AI is very helpful, especially if you're a person that isn't very good at typing uh, that's not me if you have a hard time coming up with ideas that's not me so i'm not really the target audience for a lot of this ai stuff i can just spit it out of my head it does speed things up and it, it makes me think i use it a lot of times to brainstorm but in the end at least right now ai doesn't have your stories and that's where i'm saying we really need to lean into being human and those things that you can't find on the internet. So again, anytime you can explain something about whatever it is, the topic of the day, if there's something you can share about your personal life to emphasize whatever point you're trying to make, AI is never going to be able to come up with that.
1: Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah, I agree. Valuable. And uh, it's not you, but it's me. I'm terrible writer, but when I edit text on ChatGPT, uh, yeah, we got great results. We got mentioned on CNN after editing text on uh, ChatGPT. So I think uh, if you are not good with writing, uh, because AI can't be the great writers, but you can hire ChatGPT to write text instead of you just, but uh, you need to fit with the right data. If you ask to generate content from scratch, you can get great results. But if you can write terrible text, but with valuable insights, it on chat GPT and you can get great results with uh, right prompts Dave I want to ask about something that I often do uh, about mistakes you know I made a lot of terrible mistakes in my life some of them slight terrible some of them just uh, mistakes but I, I learn from them you know I, I can learn I can go ahead uh, to develop my strategy can you tell mistakes that podcasters can avoid I mean like some mistakes we need to do to learn from them, but what kind of mistakes you can see that postcasters do and uh, how to avoid them?
0: Yeah. For anyone that's not watching the video, I have a thing on my board here. It says plan, launch, grow, monetize. And mm-hmm. I see so many people, A, fail to plan. I always say spend $100 on a microphone and 100 hours getting to know your audience because yeah, that, that's really the bottom line. So they don't do any planning. Then they launch and they go right to monetize. And, and you can't monetize dust. You have to have an audience. And so as much as I've seen people like, well, I've been doing it for six weeks, and I've people I've been doing it for six months. When I researched my book to make money that really... Now, feel free to prove me wrong, and I hope you do, but the people I talked to that were making a living with this, it took them three years to build up that audience. And they didn't have just one stream of income. They weren't just selling a course. They might have ads, they might have affiliate. I just did a, a thing where I, I did the math on an affiliate sale I did, and it turned out to be $34 per 1,000 downloads. They, they call that CPM. The typical CPM from any kind of agency is $25. I'm like, so you can make money with the right product and the right audience with affiliate marketing So some people do that. Then you have – there are people making five and six figures on whatever you want to call it, Patreon, um, Supercast, Glow.fm. There are all these different kind of crowdfunding things. But again, the word is crowdfunding. You have to have a crowd for that to work. And so that's the thing I think that people – Instead of focusing on growing it, they're trying to monetize it and you've got it out of sequence. And then for me, it's the I I mean, I buy a lot of microphones because I, you know, I have people asking me about it. But I do see people that I want to grow my audience and I'm going to grow it by buying a different microphone. And I go, "Do, do you hate the way you sound? And they're like, no, I think I'm okay." I'm like, then why are you buying a microphone? Nobody's complaining about it. I see that. Uh, What else do they do? It it really, uh, episode titles. There are two things that can help grow your audience. Number one is episode titles. And as someone who has, I don't know, thousands of episodes, nobody cares what episode number it is. So when you start off your title, episode 887, um, interview with John Smith. Well, nobody knows who John Smith is. So who cares? And nobody cares that it's episode 887. Nobody's Googling that. But if you say how John Smith makes a living with free software, huh? I want to know more about that. So your titles can definitely do that. Because if you think about it, if you're looking at a podcast, they see you before they hear you. They see you before you watch a video. And it's the artwork and it's the titles that, that grab their attention. Then they click play. So I see a lot of people really blow it when it comes to, to titles. That's one. And then, the other one we mentioned, word of mouth, is when people do. Uh, when I had the guy from Darknet Diaries on, I said, "What's your secret?" And he said, "Oh, I I just ask my audience to share it." And I go, "Okay, yeah, but what else do you do?" And he goes, "No, I I slowly and specifically and kind of concisely uh, and confidently ask them to share the show." And he goes, "And if they like it, they should." And so I started listening to people. And again, we, we kind of get that, that imposter syndrome going. We feel a little awkward. We're not in our, our, we're out of our comfort zone. And so when we go to tell people to, to share the show, it's, Hey, uh you know, um if you kind of want to like, I mean uh, uh, you don't have to, but like, if you want to, you know, uh, you know, tell somebody or something or uh, my website's.com. <laughs> uh, thanks. <laughs> And you're like, wait, what was that? But if you said, hey, you know, we're at like the 28 minute mark, we've been talking about uh, podcasting today. Do you know anybody else that uh, would like to know more about podcasting? Because here's the cool thing they're going to love you if you go over and share that, share this episode with them. And you'll also be helping me grow my audience. So, or you can just tell them to go to my website, schoolofpodcasting.com. You know, so it's slow, it's specific, it's confidently. And that's what they're doing for him. So it's, uh, it takes practice. We, we are yeah. not comfortable doing that. But those are some mistakes I see. is A, they don't promote it. And B, uh, a lot of times your episode title is something you're coming up with last. And that's when you're tired and you're in that whole, I just want to get it out there mood. And so yeah. uh, work on your episode titles.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, I think uh, you can learn everything. About podcasts, but if you do do nothing, you get nothing. You know, you need to That's practice it. 100% to practice a lot more. You can even record some bad episodes. That's okay. You know, <laughs> I remember when Mr. Beast uh, shared his secrets. He filmed uh, 100 bad videos. He filmed 100 bad videos, and he couldn't get results for an year and yeah, year and a half. Yeah, for for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Uh, And he got only uh, 1,000 subscribers then, uh, but he loved what he did. So he uh, didn't give up, just go ahead. And I think it's the same with podcasts. You need to practice. And uh, Dave, I want to ask about uh, your discipline. You mentioned that you never miss Monday for many years. Uh, And, you know, it's interesting that my audience uh, uses many different formats. I can't tell that. They rely on podcasts or a blog posts or social media. They try different formats and the main goal to grow businesses. Can you tell uh, uh, your advice h- how much time to spend on podcasts? Uh, of course, it depends. Uh, yeah. I, it depends. I I know. But anything, uh, just any tips, uh, how much to spend on podcasts? I mean, like daily or weekly or monthly.
0: <laughs> yeah. What I always tell people at the school of podcasting is record a couple episodes and then, you know, there's a, a free uh, timer called toggle. It's T O G G L. Like start that while you're doing your research, start that while you're recording, stop it, start it while you're editing. Cause at the end, you're going to get done and go, wow, it took me six hours to do a 15 minute podcast. And you're like, how is that possible? I thought I just talked into a microphone for 15 minutes And I'm like, well, you had to maybe do some research if it's not in your head already. Then you had to, if you want to, write a script and then you record it and then maybe do a little editing. And congratulations, that 15-minute episode just took you six hours. Now, there are ways to, to speed that up. The best I've ever done is four to one because I count. Like right now, we're recording this interview. So that time counts. It's time out of that. And then there's time to edit it and things like that. So one of the things I do is I'm a big Evernote fan. There are all sorts of different there's Notion, there's OneNote, but I have Evernote on every device I'm at because something will come along and I'll be like, ooh, that'll be a good episode. And then the other thing I do is I frequent Facebook and Twitter and Reddit and I'm constantly in those groups looking at what people are talking about because those are the people that I'm trying to attract. So when I see them say, well, how do you you know do this or how do I whatever. And I can't do this. Well, okay. As a podcaster, I'm trying to serve that audience. So now I don't have to guess, are people going to listen to this? I know they are because they're talking about it. And so that's something I do. Uh, And I just, anytime I think, I don't know what I'm going to talk about this week. I just go to my Evernote and I've got a giant list of like, Oh, somebody talked about this or that. Uh, And then you just, just record it. And I have to, uh, and this is just my workflow. I used to record the episode. I'd I'd come up with like four bullet points and I would kind of riff on those. And I'm just talking to my invisible friend across the desk. And when I got done, as I would edit it, I would then expand on what I said into a blog post. And probably the third or fourth time I did that, I was like, oh, you know what I should have said there? I went, hold on, we need to reverse this. So now I write a blog post because I'm trying to figure out what am I really trying to say? Then I take that boil it down to four bullet points. And then I talk to my invisible friend across the desk. And then from there, there's less editing because I'm, some people might say, I don't have time to write an article, but the time I used to spend editing because I was all over the place, I now spend writing an article and it comes out much more focused and it's just a more fluid kind of workflow. Now that doesn't work for everybody. Some people are like, "Ugh, I don't want to write anything. I got it up here. That's fine. But that's how I do it, and it it just ends up, for me, a more polished, uh, kind of less editing, definitely. And I yeah. I don't I, – I, I'm not talented enough, I think, to be able to read a blog post without it sounding like I'm reading. So that's why I can – I kind of glance at it. I put an episode out, or I put a video in the School of Podcasting where I showed them – I showed me – recording my podcast and I you could you could see where I would highlight a couple sentences where I'm glancing at it I know what I want to say and then I talk and then I look at the next paragraph and just kind of go and it just flows out that way and that's how it works for me but everybody's different and everybody has their own workflow. but in the end it's always it, it's it can be exhausting depending on how your life is because you're always looking for content and so I, I mentioned how I always have people, record how much they make. And I said, then ask yourself, okay, that took six hours. Can, do you have six hours every week to record an episode? Cause so many times people go, I'm going to do a weekly show. And then they try to squeeze their life into their podcast episode. And that doesn't work. It leads to burnout. So let's record a couple episodes, figure out how long it takes, and then pick the schedule that's going to fit into your life because then you can be consistent. And that way you can say, look, I can't do a weekly show. I can't do three times a week or I can do twice a month, whatever it is, pick a schedule and then you can stick with it. And that way you become part of their routine. That's the the benefit of being consistent is you become part of their routine. A lot of people kind of overemphasize being consistent in the schedule, which I get it. I'm not saying it's not important, but I would rather have a late show that was good than an on time show that was mm, all right. I mean, the minute I hear anybody say, Hey, welcome to the show. It's Thursday. I'm not really sure what I'm gonna talk about today, but I promised you a show on Thursday. I immediately hit stop because that person's gonna waste my time. They're just gonna win yeah. something off the top of their head. So, uh, so, so that's it. how that's my kind of workflow and how I keep things going and you know.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think yeah, you don't need to force to best practices, you know, to Joe Rogan or any other format. Gary, we can record podcasts every single day. But if you can't, yeah, do it one a week, uh, one time a week, or uh, two times a month. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it goes back to why am I doing this? If I'm a company that's trying to keep my brand in front of you, then I might do a daily show. I might do three times a week, but they're smaller. You know, I remember, um, I don't remember the name of the show, but I do remember the brand. It was brought to me by the Association of Christian Athletes. And it was something about, uh, it was like the health minute or something like that. And they'd come on, they'd be like, hey, do you know carrots are good for you? Blah, 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 carrots, beta-garotene. And you know, brought to you by the association. So every day I got to hear, brought to you by the association of Christian athletes, which is exactly what they wanted that podcast to do, which was keep their brand in me. Now, if I'm trying to position myself as an expert, then I might do a 20 minute show where I just talk about one subject and I do a deep dive. If the goal of the show is to expand my network, now I'm going to do interviews. I'm going to interview other people. Uh, at, if you're, if the goal is to do both, I want to position myself as an expert and grow my network. At the end of the interview, probably again in post, I'm going to do that Jerry Springer. What did we learn today? You know, because I just made my guest look really good for 20 minutes. Now I'm going to say, you know, the one thing that really uh, stood out to me was the point when that person said this. And it reminds me of a time, and then I'm going to share a story about I did this and this and that. And that's why you always want to do this with your company. And that's something I help with. And then you go into your call to action. I always say, because a lot of interviews, you're just making other people look good. That's not going to help your business. you got to make you look good at the end. So tag yourself on at the end. It's a kind of a passive-aggressive way of just reminding your audience, it's my show. I know we just talked to her, but (laughs) it's my show.
1: Nice, nice, valuable. And Dave, I have a final question. Um, I found in my company that we usually get uh, great results with companies uh, who understand SEO. If they understand, then we can uh, go ahead like uh, a cohesive team. We we know why we need to create high quality content, what kind of content to create, why we we need to think more about uh, getting sales than uh, traffic, many things. If uh, my customers don't understand, I tell them, take my course. Learn from Lily Ray, Jeff Coyle, Mike Phillips, Chelsea Alvis, many great experts. Uh, Learn from them. Go to YouTube, Google. Just learn. Get the basic. If you know the basic, then we can uh, go ahead together. Uh, Let's imagine you started today from scratch without any experience, knowledge, skills. It's your first day when you are going to record your first episode. What
0: will you do today uh, if you started from scratch? But what I usually tell people is because I've spent so much time understanding my audience, I'm going to take those things they're talking about and I'm going to make a list. And like for me, the questions I see all the time, what's the best microphone under 100 bucks? How do I go my audience? How do I make money with my audience? What media host should I use? What link should I share? These are the same questions over and over and over. These are your first couple of episodes because, again, you're not asking yourself, I wonder if this is going to work or not, or I wonder if anybody's going to listen. What I wouldn't do, and I used to recommend people did this, and I look at it now and go, no, that's changed, is a lot of people want to start off and go, hey, welcome to episode one. I'm Dave Jackson. Let me tell you a little bit about why I'm doing this podcast. My background is in blah, blah, blah. I did this and that. And then I did this and you basically do a word vomit of your LinkedIn bio. Nobody cares. Nobody cares until I tell you something that's going to help you. So I don't recommend that anymore. People don't care why you started the podcast. They just want value. So I always say, take those stories and weave them into other episodes. But, uh, Joe, Polizzi has a, a book called content Inc. And he said, look, it's kind of harsh, but people don't care about you until you give them a reason to care. Yeah. And so a lot of times, if I'm doing an interview, I will get right to the meat and potatoes. What made you want to do? Like, what made you want to learn about SEO? When did you, why does this excite you? And then we go to that. And then at the end, I'm going to be like, well, what was your background? How did you get into all this stuff? Because now we care about their story because we care about the person. So I I do not recommend episode one be, hey, let's just talk about me because they don't care about you yet because you haven't given them a reason to.
1: Yeah, nice. Valuable, valuable. Dave, it's a big pleasure to get on my show, to learn from you. I'm going to change something in my podcast uh, because of you. I love all this valuable insights. Tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you.
0: Oh, yeah. Everything you need, whether it's the contact, if you want to listen to the show, everything's there. It's schoolofpodcasting.com. Okay, guys, you can find
1: the link in the description below. Listen us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for the time. Love it. So valuable. You you lead me to an emergency room. I need to spend time to think how to (laughs) consume all this information to uh, execute and get results. Okay, guys. Love you. See you.